I have thirsted in a barren land of sin and shame. Nothing satisfying there I found, but to the blessed cross of Christ one day I came, where springs of living water did abound. Come and drink, come and drink living waters. How sweet the living waters of God from the hills of God. It makes me glad and happy all the way. Now glory, grace, and blessings mark the path I've trod. I'm shouting hallelujah every day. Come and drink. Come and drink living waters. Oh sinner, won't you come today to Calvary? A fountain there is flowing deep and wide. The Savior now invites you to the, the living water for free where thirsty souls can be satisfied. Come and drink. Come and drink living water. This is the invitation to all of us sitting here today from our Lord Jesus Christ to come and to drink from the living waters that only He alone can provide. Living water that satisfies our very soul for all of eternity. Living water that we can never get enough of. So my question to you today is, are you thirsting for living water? Do you desire a refreshment from the Lord? A new experience, a new taste, a new um, encounter with Him that would strengthen you and your love for Him? Where are you on this journey with God today? Because there is living water available for you. Bevan has been taking us holiday clubians uh, through a devotional series on living water. And it's been quite profound. Uh, we first looked at Jeremiah where uh, Israel are making the sin of basically relying on broken systems to satisfy their thirst instead of coming to the spring of living water that is God. Uh, and then we looked at John chapter 7 where Jesus is proclaiming to a group of Jews who are celebrating the festival of booths and he says that come to me and drink living water and this living water will flow like a river from your heart. And today we're going to look and we're going to rewind a bit in the book of John to a very special, special passage in John chapter 4 where we're looking at a Samaritan woman, or a woman from Samaria, should I say, and her encounter with Jesus and living water. So I want to read to you, and we're going to read in John chapter 4, from verse 1 to 42, which sounds quite overwhelming, but it will take four minutes. Um, and it's a very special passage. And it might be one that you probably have heard of before, but I want to remind us today that God's Word is unlike grapes we have from the vineyard, where once pressed, all the juices are exhausted. But God's Word is something that can never be exhausted, that you can keep coming back, keep drinking as much as you want. So I ask you today to have a heart that is willing to receive something new from the Lord, something refreshing. So let me pray. Just invite God to work in our hearts before we read His Word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You. Thank You for sending Your Spirit. 
to come and dwell inside of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would pour out on us a fresh filling of your Spirit. You say when we encourage one another with spiritual hymns, when we gather to read your Word, that you would refresh us in your Spirit. And so, Lord, I ask that you would teach us all things through your Word and speak to us and fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 1. I'm reading from the ESV. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. He had passed through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jesus had no dealings with Samaritans. I mean, so for Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. That water, the water that I give him, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is indeed true. The woman said to him, So I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I, am who, I, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, his disciples were, were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. 
But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus then said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. Do, you, do not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look and lift up your eyes and see that fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I have sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that time believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I've ever did. So then the Samaritans asked and came to him and asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days and many more believed because of the, his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the saviour of the world. Amen. Well done for sticking that through. Long passage, but very, very cool. So we have Jesus and he is traveling to Galilee through Judea and unlike most Jews Jesus goes through Samaria now most Jews would have taken a longer journey uh, just to simply avoid Samaria why because the Samaritans were, were seen as this half breed these uh, rejects to the Jews these people who are unclean because they, they mix the worship of, of Yahweh with, with idol worship and, and other practices that were seen as ungodly to the Jews. But even more than that, most scholars would say that it's probably because the Jews were quite xenophobic in a sense of their land. You know, they didn't want anyone in the promised land, they didn't want anyone near them. So the fact that these people were, were here was in itself something that caused a lot of tension. So there was quite a bit of racism involved between the, the Jews and the, and the Samaritans. And there's a lot of tension here. So Jesus takes a journey through Samaria. And it's about a hundred kilometer distance that he's walking over a few days. And eventually he finds himself at Jacob's well. And this well is, is quite significant. And he finds himself at this well because he's thirsty. God, the creator of the universe. Let's just stop and think about that. Jesus, who through him all things were created, is now tired, weary, thirsty. And so a woman appears about the sixth hour. This is about our noon. And she comes to draw water. This is extremely significant. She comes by herself to draw water at the hottest time of the day. Now, normally, all the women would go together either in the morning or in the evening to draw water. So it tells us that this woman is considered to be a social outcast if she is not going with the group, but going at a time that is completely inconvenient. And so Jesus asks her for a drink. He needs, he physically does need water. And he asks her for a drink. And she already is a bit hesitant when Jesus asks her something. Because she's saying, 
you are firstly a man, and I'm a woman, and obviously there's quite a patriarchal time, so that was a bit awkward already, but of tension, and he is also a Jew, and she's a Samaritan. Now there's another level of tension and awkwardness, and Jesus is again going against some sort of cultural barrier here, asking her for a drink. But Jesus' response to her is something very interesting. He says, if you knew the gift of God, who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus, although he appears to be in a position of physical need, is now actually pointing back to the Samaritan woman that she is in fact the one in need here between the two of them. Though Jesus needs water, she needs something even greater than that. She needs something that will take her beyond just this life, but something that will take her into eternity. She needs God, living water. And Jesus is offering it to her. She, however, does not quite get it at first. In fact, I think there's a bit of, because of the, the cultural tension here, I think there's a bit of, maybe a bit of anger or, or rebellion inside of her, in her response. She looks at him and says, you have nothing to draw this water from. What are you talking about? Firstly, do you think you are greater than our father Jacob? Our, father, our, our ancestor who has provided this well of water that has provided for thousands of people over the years, an animal and livestock. Do you think you are greater than this man? Jesus' response to that is, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jacob, being the father of Israel, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, is a picture of Jesus in a sense. Because he provided something that would provide life for people for generations to come. But he's only a picture because what Jesus would do is he would come to bring not just life on this earth, but eternal life, life that would supersede this current life that we are living now. A life that would grant us a relationship with the living God for all eternity. See, this living water that he gives us is three things. One, it is internal. Right. A well is usually uh, something that, you know, he's trying to compare the, the, the working of going to a well and drawing water to an external religious experience, right? He's saying that religion without God, without faith, without believing in Christ is like the laborsome effort of going to a well and drawing up water. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before. I've been in, in a village in uh, Sierra Leone where we were walking, where we were working and doing missionary um, sort of stuff. And our only access to water was this well that was quite a distance. And we'd, we'd travel and we'd walk quite far. And then we'd get there with our 
25 liter bucket and we have to lower it down and then bring it up multiple times to fill it up and then carry our 25 liter bucket quite a distance just to get home so we can use it to drink, to cook, to shower. And it's quite an effort. And religion without faith, without God, without the Holy Spirit is empty and laborsome and a burden. But Jesus is saying that this is a world that comes from within. That you don't have to go somewhere physical to, to get access to something that you need. But in fact, you have it springing up inside of you. And this is another difference, is that a well is, is stagnant, right? It just holds water, and you have to, to put an effort into fetching it. But a spring is something that has energy, is something that is flowing up, something that is pushing up. And no matter where you're at, whatever your struggle, whatever your suffering is, the spring is going to push through all of that. Our sin in a, in a, in a well... The sand will, will, will form a layer at the bottom and will just stay stagnant because the water is stagnant. But with the spring, that water will start to get rid of all that muck, all that gunk, all that terrible stuff that we're going through, all the suffering, all the temptation. The spring of living water will remain and push through that. And you'll have a constant access to the spring. And finally, the spring is welling up to eternal life. This water that we're talking about is known as God's salvation. It is His Holy Spirit that is put inside of us. It is eternal life. And Jesus says later on in John 17 that eternal life is this, is to know the one true living so what this water is, it's, it's an access to the person of God inside of you that will never leave or forsake you from now until eternity. You will have access to the very person of God, the creator of this universe who we're going to be wondering at in this next week as we look at just how big the universe is and how great it is. And then we realize that God spoke it into existence and this God who speaks universes into existence, is a God who desires to dwell inside of you with no limitation, full access to the presence of God. Then we have the woman, and she replies, Sir, give me this water, so I will not be thirsty, or have to come here to draw water. So the sense here that she still doesn't quite understand. She still doesn't quite get it. And Jesus is about to make it very clear to her. As he says, go call your husband. And she's like, well, I don't really have a husband. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You've had five and the man you're currently with is not your husband. And what Jesus is doing here, here is that he is making her aware of her need, her need for God, her need for a Savior, as he points out to her, her her deep and darkest sin. You see, 
Only when someone is poor do they understand the need for riches. Only when someone is sick do they, do they understand the need for medical care and for good health. And this is what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to show us that we all are in need of one thing that we're missing, and that is Him, living water. And so she immediately sees that, okay, he's struck a nerve here. This guy, is, he's just not, he's not messing around. He's not some random person. He is someone important. I see that you are a prophet. And she asks him a bit of a, a, a theological question. He says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And I've seen some people who say, uh, maybe that she was trying to, you know, change the topic, you know, move from the uncomfortability of dealing with her sin to some mental theological gain. And I think that might be true. But what I think is happening is that she's coming to realize more and more what Jesus is saying and trying to accept that. And one of the, the biggest things in her way, standing in a way of having a relationship with God in her mind is her geographical location. Right? She's in Samaria, but the temple is in, is in Israel, is in Jerusalem. So how can I have a relationship with God? Why are you telling me these things if, if I physically can't go and worship? And Jesus' response is that, believe me, the hour is coming where he, neither here on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father, but you'll worship Him in spirit and in truth. Saying that, it's not the place that matters, but it's the heart of a worshiper that matters. It is the, the faith in the true living God that matters, and that is what determines your worship. And all you need to do is you need to believe that I am He, that I am the Savior of the world, that I am the Messiah, and you shall have living water. And what does she do? She runs away with her jar, and she starts to scream, and she starts to tell people come and see this man that has told me everything I've ever done now just hold on I thought this lady was a, a social reject I thought she was trying to avoid people I thought she probably wouldn't be shouting come see a man it was probably the last thing that she'd be saying to people but here she is running to people saying come and see this Jesus that I've met. That tells me that there's a change that has happened there. That tells me that she's believed in what he said and received living water. And that's what happens when we receive living water. Something changes inside of us and you will never be the same. This broken woman, filled and with her grief and shame of her sin, is now liberated, running in the streets, telling people about what has happened to her. And here we find Jesus satisfied in his own work. You see, living water, true living water is the only thing that's going to satisfy us. We have many wells in life that we try to draw things from. We have broken systems of, uh, uh, systems of idolatry that we try to look for satisfaction and pleasure in, and they leave us with nothing in darkness and in shame grief but there's living water that we can all drink and be satisfied and as we drink that living water 
the Savior of the world, the provider of this living water is satisfied in that very action. See here, the disciples come and they ask him, you should eat, Rabbi. But after this encounter, he says, I have food that you do not know about to do the will of the Father. See, God is glorified in, in him when we are satisfied in him. It's like if a chef came and, and, and made a meal, right? He made you a meal, puts it in front of you. His expectation is not that you would be like, oh, no, this is not for me. I, I can't enjoy this meal. But he would be, in a sense, praised if you stood and, or if you, you took that meal and you, you took a huge bite and you enjoyed it, you're like, man, this food is amazing. He would be, in a sense, praised for his good works. And when we are satisfied and when we enjoy God, He is glorified because we are coming to realize His true worth, coming into our true purpose to worship Him and be with Him. And so He encourages His disciples. He says, now is the time. The harvest is here. And you, you have access to this well, to this fountain inside of you, and you can drink from it whenever you want. But you know it will also be satisfying for you as my disciples is if you go and you share that living water. When that living water flows from your heart and starts to touch other people, not only will Jesus be satisfied, but you too will have another level of satisfaction in God. And it's just a cycle of God's glory. As you are satisfied in Him, and He is satisfied in His work. And you get to see other people become satisfied in God. That is the power. That is the contagious kingdom that Craig was telling us about this morning. And that is the living water that we all have access to today. So tonight, my heart for tonight, my heart for this week, for Holiday Club, for every single person in this room, is that right now that we just have a time of drinking from that living water, of experiencing Him again. Whether you have drank from it before and you now have this spring of living water welling up to eternal life inside of you and you're just feeling a bit dry in your relationship with God and you need another drink or you haven't experienced this living water at all, I want to invite us all to come and drink, to come and be satisfied by true living water. I want to invite the, the band to come up and I want to read us something from an old hymn writer. It's a chorus of, of a hymn and it says, Drinking at the springs of living water Happy now am I, my soul satisfied, drinking at the springs of living water, a wonderful and bountiful supply. God's living water for you is abundant, never ending in fact. And you can reach out and drink from it at any point. So my invitation is anyone tonight who's feeling a sense that I just need to drink from this living water again. Man, I'm, I'm struggling in my relationship with God. 
I, I feel like, you know, I'm very far from him. But I just need, to, I just need him. I just need to be refreshed. I want to invite you to come and drink from the waters of God. Or maybe you haven't drank from it and you want to try and you felt a stirring in your heart. I want to pray that you would come and drink just like the Samaritan woman did. Come and be satisfied. So I want to pray for us. And if you are just wanting to respond, you're welcome to, to stand. If people around you want to pray for you, go for it. But if you're just wanting to sit down, that's also okay. But just respond in your heart. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the living water of your spirit. I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would pour down on us, that you would fill our hearts, Lord, that you'd stir in us your living water, that it would well up in us a spring of living water unto eternal life, that it would flow like rivers from our heart, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we'd give up our broken systems, that we would leave our, our shallow wells, and that we would come to your living water. Fill us now, Lord. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.